Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 53 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday-ish, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Yeah. What up? What up? So, you have been playing games which is good because i have not been playing as many games so why don't you go ahead and let us know so what all have you been playing well i've been playing a game oh. the game oh. <laughs> uh okay. the the only game that one needs to play right now uh because the full and complete wildwood expansion is out oh my in, goodness yes uh, yeah. Earthstone. yes so i have completed all of the Wildwood quests. Um, I have um, gone through the sort of dungeon crawl with each one of the new hero classes. And by new hero classes, I kind of mean they have new hero powers. They use the same, you know, dex, druid, whatever. They just have a different hero power. Um, And I think the one I like the least is the Time Tinkerer. Although, it's kind of useless. I mean, I haven't found the use in it yet. Unless you die, and then you go back. I don't the know. only use that I've found is if um, if you play a card that doesn't turn out like you intended, it's best against secrets. So if if you if you play if your opponent has a secret up. Um, you can play a card, maybe not the card you would normally do, and see whether or not it reveals that secret. Right. And and if it doesn't reveal that secret, then you could play an alternate card. That's the only way I've found to use it, but it has very limited uses. I think the best one is the um, the cannoneer, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you know you can it, you can really stack the deck in your favor with the extra cards that you draw like double damage on cannons and you know if a cannon kills a minion cast this again um right. all all sorts of of things like that echo is really effective um which is a new type of special card class right. um which allows you to cast the card as many times as you want as, as that you have mana for um, so that's my opinion there. I've also unlocked uh, L- Lunara, the okay. alternate Lunara, yeah. druid. Yeah. Uh, so we unlocked her. Uh, you know, obviously it's just a, like an image, but I think she just looks really cool, and her battle cries and things are really interesting, especially if you're playing against the standard druid, because she says like greetings to the like Lord of Nature or something right. like Malfurion, that. Right, Malfurion, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is like interesting and like fun contextually. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Hearth. I want to say like in the last week about twelve hours of Hearthstone um, because I had been saving up all of my um, my credits to be able to do the majority of daily quests in the arena. So I had lots of um, disenchant dust and stuff available in order to immediately go in and unlock some, you know, new cards I was missing from my deck and things like that. Um, so I think that's quite cool. Unfortunately, I even after playing 12 hours and doing uh, defeating 10 bosses with every single one of the new classes, I've not managed to complete a single dungeon run. The fastest I got was with, bizarrely enough, the Time Tinkerer, and I died in the last um, boss battle because it was against an alternate reality version of yourself. Right. um, Who, uh, halfway through the game, restarts the game with every one of their exact health. But they, like, they have full health again. Well, that sounds like some BS. Yeah, so I was down to, like, maybe half health. I was down to, like, maybe... 20 or something like that 
um, with no armor. And she went all the way back up to 30 and 30 armor, which was, you know, I lost. So that was pretty <laughs> brutal. Yeah, 30 uh, armor and, and 20 or 30 health is ridiculous. Yeah. I have noticed that in the normal play queue, they've added a new, like, an improved wait time calculator. Um, but I've noticed a bit longer wait time than usual. Um, I guess that's good, though. That means more people are playing. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it seems to be it seems to be going very well. I haven't purchased, like, any of the anything extended or any pack bundles or anything because I think I've already opened, like, maybe 20 packs so far just by doing dailies and quests and arena. Yeah. Um, some of the new cards are really, really cool. Like there's a couple variations of if your card has no, if your deck has no odds or something, right. it does something crazy. Um, and if you're doing a deck builder for like arena and you get that card early enough, you can reconfigure your deck in order to, to not have any, um, any evens or any odds, like whatever it wants. And that is pretty much, uh, insta, insta win once you pull that card out, if you, if you draw it. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been really interesting. That's how I've been playing. I've got a, a new game that came in my queue, um, which is, is like the search for us or something like that. Um, but I don't have very high hopes for it because I went on kind of an indie stroke lower rated title binge in my queue because yeah. there just aren't any big titles coming out right now. It's it's in the middle of the summer and like nothing good is really dropping. So when does God and, of War come out on Xbox? Do you know? Who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows? Next year, <laughs> mm. probably. Yeah, I really. I really hate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's... That, that's what I've been playing. Hearthstone, lots of it. Well, good. I mean, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I, I, uh, I, I know we kind of mentioned it last time. Uh, the Shutterwalk card for Shaman is just game breaking, and I know that there's rumors. If it's not already happened, I haven't checked that they're going to nerf that card. Um, just because, even at a low level, when you play it early on, just because it can chain with so many other cards. Their turn could take two to five minutes for just the animations to stop, and Jesus. so you know, and so yeah, and and it's it's not even that I don't that I could not, you know that I couldn't come back and win. It's like I don't want to put up with that shit. It's like I'm not yeah. gonna wait till it's done. I'm gonna give up and I'm gonna just fight somebody else. And if I see another shaman because it's a shaman card, then I may roll the dice. But there's a good chance I may just forfeit that match too because it's like i don't even want to deal with it uh i don't want to waste i got the... i got brutalized over a hundred health points from a single minion because of, of a mage had done a an elemental with like a do something damage to everything on the board and had one of those minions out that's like every time a minion takes damage double yeah. this thing's attack oh wow okay yeah, I, it's one of the dragons, and it's yeah. like every time, every time this takes damage or a minion takes damage, double the attack. And by the time she was done brutalizing her own like minions, yeah. that thing did a hundred and twenty-eight damage. <laughs> I will. And then um, I just sit there like staring at it, and I just like said, "Well played," and I just conceded. I just yeah. let you know. Yeah. Don't well done. Well done. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know what that is, but uh, unrelated note, I'm about to go do some research to find out exactly how to do it. Um, oh, it was you sick, know, man. It was mage, sick. Is, mage is my class. It's really the one I enjoy playing the most. Um, but I have also been playing. Uh, I think I've only done one of the dungeon runs. I did it with the rogue character, the roguish character, which is, I think, Gen Greymane's daughter. Um, and so you kind of get a little bit of a backstory there and he, you know, he talks you through, you know, each of the battles and tells you a little bit about who it is that you're battling. Um, I think I made it through five, five of the characters or five, uh, monsters that you're hunting. And, uh, you know, part of that is learning the dynamics, you know, which cards to pick, what build is best. 
and I think that's a, there's a little bit of trial and error to find out which one of those is best uh, because it depends on. I don't know if you draw randomly. I think it's random, much like the la- the previous uh, expansion where you had the you know the uh, the dungeon crawl where you would go through and you have to you know fight all the monsters in the in the in the dungeon. So I think it, there's a little bit of randomness to it. So you might get. I don't think you'll get the AFK monster like you did in the other one. That's just not. <laughs> that was you great. Know, that was great. Um, <laughs> but if you wait long enough, even that one will beat you. Even she can beat you, because uh, you know when she finally wakes up, she pulls out all the big guns, and so she's got like six or seven giant minions on the board. And so if you don't, if you for some reason didn't whittle her down enough she would beat you the next turn. So, um, yeah, there's, there's one that's really challenging, which is like, um, it silences all its minions. Yeah. Um, so you have to do like continual damage to it so that it loses, uh, it's, it's action points. And if you don't, and it gets to five, uh, manas, it unsilences five minions it starts off with that have 15 damage each, and that's a non-recoverable situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Very, (laughs) that is unrecoverable. Uh, Well, for me, I've I've been, I have been playing that, but I've also been playing God of War still. Um, I'm inching through it. Life has gotten in the way, so I'll play it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time. Uh, But... It's it is one of the best games I've played this year easily. Maybe one of the best games I've ever played. It's just so cinematic, but it's the experience. I mean, you're it's you're fully immersed in it. It's not like you're watching, um, and you're just watching you know a cinematic. The whole game is a, looks like a cinematic. It's that pretty. So uh, I'm just gonna keep rubbing it in that it's only on PlayStation and that it is the greatest game of all time. Um, and that you should play it. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Speaking of things that shouldn't be played, have you, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but over here um, on YouTube, I want to say like every maybe fourth ad that I see is for Sea of Thieves. Well, there's still uh, a lot of ads, yeah. I mean, apparently it's yeah, not doing which terribly. Which makes though. me think, yeah, but I don't know who's playing it because it's real bad. Yeah. Like, it honestly <laughs> is real bad. Nobody, like, every critic's, like, review that I read is, like, this sucks. Right. So, like, who is enjoying this? I feel like um, not enough people have Game Pass, so right. not enough people have played it for free-ish, free-ish. Um, and so there's not enough negative consumer reviews yet. And people are just kind of like, eh, the critics, they say whatever. Um, right. But it, it's not good. Like, Yeah, the, the premise is good. so heavily concerns me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they may just be pouring a lot into it because I think it's a Microsoft IP. You know, I think it is their baby. One Another reason why it's on their Game Pass. Um, I could be wrong. Let me know in the comments. Uh, but nonetheless, Game Pass, not worth it. By the way, don't buy that. Well, I had it. I had it for a month, and I used it for two days, and then I never used it again the rest of the month. You know. Yeah. Um, there are games on it that might be worth the eight bucks or nine bucks, whatever it is. Um, but it it's it's definitely not the. It's not equivalent to Xbox Live, and to have both of them, I also at this point anyway don't see the. If it, if you had like PlayStation, if PlayStation did something similar and did their whole back catalog for PS2 to PS4, or as you know, or a bunch of those games, I know they couldn't do all of it for PS2. There's just too many games. But if they started like hitting the high notes on their games, oh hell yeah, that'd be worth it. I would absolutely do that. You know, and then Xbox could do something similar. I don't know that they have the library that PlayStation did. But they've got good games on Xbox 360 and Xbox the you know the the original uh, Xbox. Oh, they could bring some Xbox originals in. Like all they have to do is like put some Kotor on there, and I'm yeah. in. Yeah, put both like, of them on there, and I'd probably pay eight bucks a month just to be able to access those anytime I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree. So yeah, I agree. I, it, it's not the the whole quantity issue over quality is it, it never. It never balances out for me. I mean, I, I just wish that, you know, Steam screwed that up. 
I think the Nintendo uh, Switch, they don't. I don't think that their library. I mean, if they just go back to what they did originally with their, you know, their 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 online store and their back catalog of games. I mean, there were people that have four or five copies, digital copies of the same exact game because the Direct Debit 5000 would release them. And if the Switch would just do it, they would sell, you know. I think that they, they have these indie games and third-party games, which is great for Nintendo, but uh, we're digressing. Anyway, that's another topic. Uh, but so uh, that's that's interesting. I, I, I have still not played it. I think the idea of Sea of Thieves is great. Um, it is something I would find interesting if I had the social network to, to get on there and play with friends. I do not. And I don't have the time anymore. Not in my wheelhouse. So, uh, I play games where I don't even have to update it or be connected to the internet, which is how God intended it. And that is God of War. You know. Uh, so, gaming news. A um, couple things. There are a lot of, There's a lot of stuff out there right now, but uh, stuff that may be of interest to the listeners. One, Red Dead Redemption 2. The trailer has been released. Uh, there's also been released release dates for um, Last of Us 2, I believe. I uh, I just saw that as I was getting on, and so uh, that's good. But the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer looks great. I mean, I, the game before was great. Um, but that was the first game that I had played that I think I finally realized that worlds could actually be too big. Uh, it was the first one I played where it was like, this is so big, I just, I get, you get lost in the world and then I forget what I'm doing. I had the same issue with Fallout 3 and, and you know, from there just kind of snowballed. There were a bunch of games that I found. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, this is a really rich game with a, with a, you know, a wide open world that is just, it's too big. Uh, it's too big for me. I know there are a lot of people that have enjoyed it and had the time to invest in it. I just personally, I didn't. Uh, so it's not a knock on the game so much as it is for me. I think it is possible to to have too big of a world, you know. But it's coming out, and uh, I've, I've only heard good things for it. Rockstar usually comes through, you know, in a big way. But the, the real big thing I wanted to talk about is there's a new mobile game out. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, you know, being over there in Mother England, maybe this is something that has hit your radar. There's a new mobile mobile Harry Potter game. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Okay. So, I, I want to say it's called... Well, Jim Sterling did an episode on it today. Uh, or Monday. Uh, <laughs> it's called Harry Potter and the Crock of Shit. Um, and <laughs> the, Harry the, Potter and the Crock of Shit. Yeah. That's not what the name of the game is, but that's the name of his episode. Right. Um, I'm in. It, right, exactly. A Hogwarts Mystery is what it's called. And so I think every time he refers to it after the first time, you know, it's a play on words. So it's, you know, Hogwarts, piss up a tree, Hogwarts, whatever. I mean, he, he just makes he makes fun of the title. I anyway, need to watch the episode. Damn. It's good. It's really good. But basically, it's, it is, if I were to say that Warner Brothers came out with a mobile game Based on the Harry Potter world, what comes to mind for you? Like, how would you, I mean, as cynical as we probably are about some of these free-to-play games, what would come to mind for you? How, how do you think that Warner Brothers structured this game? And I just want to see what you, how, how correct you are. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying I have never read a Harry Potter book. And I have never seen a Harry Potter movie. Well, I think you just lost so half I, our audience. Everybody just yeah, basically sorry. clicked off. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Here's the thing, right? At the at the time that Harry Potter was popular, I was already quite old. And I don't you have any children. Your tongue? I know. Well, I bought I purchased two well, I I didn't either at the time that I was that I had actually purchased a second copy this is how bad it was i purchased a second copy of the deathly hallows because i left my copy at home which was 40 minutes away from my work so that i could finish it and i read it in the car while i was driving back to work you have a problem 
<laughs> right. So the only thing I know about Harry Potter, I know from popular culture. Okay. okay? But if I was going to guess what sort of game they made, this is how cynical I am, right? Right. And it's free to play. Free to play. It would be, it would be, you're in like Hogwarts, like school, and you're like going through the classes, and all the microtransactions are to unlock like extra classes so you can like earn spells and stuff. And then, uh, and then once you learn enough spells, you can like, do a like research thesis into some sort of magic you know what's what's the word for when something happens phenomena yeah yeah that's what i that's what i would guess that's because i'm a cynical asshole (laughs) you would not be wrong i don't think in anything that you said you just may not have been negative enough oh Um, shit yeah, I, I was trying to think of something that would still be fun-ish for fans. No, I think if if the only reason this is fun at all is if you don't see what it's doing to you, like if you don't really if you're not picking up what it's putting down. Uh, Destructoid labeled it as the Cruciatus Curse of mobile gaming, and if you know anything about which you don't, but if you knew anything about the game or or the 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 movies, there are three unforgivable curses. One of them is the Cruciatus. The Cruciatus is a torture curse. And, uh, you know, you cast that on somebody that you just are torturing with pain. I mean, that's what it is. Um, so they're not giving it the Avada Kedavra, which is the death curse, uh, where you just kill somebody. Um, because it's it's definitely not... Uh, it is definitely a long-term pain that you have to, uh, that you have to endure. <laughs> Uh, so basically, what <laughs> what you have to do, there are two timers in it. Again, I haven't played it. I've just watched gameplay footage of it, and I've seen a couple other uh, reviews of the game. I've read a number of, a, a bunch of reviews for it. Uh, and so basically, there are a couple timers on the game. One of the timers is like a, it's like a three-hour timer for like your, like your gameplay for that session. You have timers also that are associated with different tasks that you have to do. Let's say, for instance, and, and you each task, which is touching the screen, takes energy. If you touch the screen, take the energy, and you don't have enough energy to do the next thing, and then you don't have enough energy to do the next thing, and that causes the three-hour timer to expire, which is your gameplay timer for that session, then everything you did up to that point has to be repeated. Because you didn't complete all of the things to get to the next section before the three-hour timer. If you would like but that to not... But gaming a chain gang now? Well, like... basically, yeah. And and the the idea that, you know, if you don't like this, and they continue to push this timer also, so, like, if you can't do something, you have to wait. Like, you don't have the energy to do something. Like, Jim Sterling uses the example of smiling. You there's there's a response to something that happens. You know you're learning how to ride your broom. There's a, a response. Your response to their response is to smile, but you don't have enough energy to smile because you just interacted with the person. So you have to wait for the timer to expire so that you have the energy that has you know that has you've recovered so I can smile. But if my three-hour timer happens to go off before I have the energy to smile, then everything I did up to that point I have to do again, including the time that I have to take between me interacting with that individual and then me having to wait to smile at that person because I didn't have the energy. It's just garbage. It's trash. It is. They they they're not even really clever about the way that they are forcing people. They're not forcing them. They're just making this broken game more broken by preventing you from really being able to play unless you pay for things. So, like, you you would have to pay for things to make the gameplay be more smooth. But, like, why couldn't they even... Like, if they just made it be, like, $20 see, and got rid of that feature, people would buy it. I agree. And see right here, it says, okay, um, one point of energy recharges every four minutes. You can wait for your energy to recharge, or you can buy 30 more points of energy right now. 
And but you can't just buy thirty. You have to buy like in blocks of like fifty-five, like you do for everything else. You can't buy two dollars worth of Xbox Gold points. You have to buy, you know, sixty dollars worth of them or whatever. You, you know what? It's, it's like every yeah, every one of these. They, the they don't. Yeah, and then you're trying to like the Pokemon Go. It's like you can't just get the the amount of gold that you want. You have to buy it in sections, and then you have. 20 or Extra 200 left over that, that I can't spend on anything. Yeah, I don't have, I, you know, I don't need, I need like a thousand or I need 500. I don't need 200. And I'd have to buy right. 600 to buy something that's 500 and then I got a hundred left. Fuck that. It's a bunch of uh, garbage, you know. So, you know what's funny? It, so you are in the school, like learning yeah, how yeah. to be, uh, oh my God, I nailed the gameplay. You know, basically, <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, you you may have to uh, like if you want to duel somebody and something happen or you need to save somebody in the school and but you're out of energy and you're out of time if you want to actually if you don't want to have to wait and you want to actually you know like like my timer's out and I, I want to but I want to keep playing the game or touching the screen. And but I but I can't because I'm out of time. Then I can always you know wait the three hours until it recharges, or I can pay five bucks for enough energy gems or whatever it is so that I can go and so it's it's just it's a it's a cash grab based on an IP that people love and will pay money for. I mean people are going to pay money for this. And it's, I think it's just super disingenuous and, and, and almost devious that they would go this far with a game instead of just making something good or, you know, making, making a game that's enjoyable and then charging people five bucks for the game or eight bucks for the game or whatever it is. They're, they're doing this micro, you know, piecemeal microtransaction garbage that's, a waste yeah. of everyone's time. Anyway, it's it is a blight on gaming. I'm, I, you know, I'll never play it, and I I condemn it. And I would hope that anyone listening would choose to do the same. Check it out for yourself. You know, it's free, but just realize that um, to really get to play it and you know get very far and not be frustrated, you know, every three hours, uh, you're gonna have to pay money. So. I think that's the stuff that's going to get regulated big time, big yeah. time. Well, there, uh, I think that it, when enough people are just fed up with it, because in, unless they are and enough noise is made, I don't know that that, I don't know that it'll happen. You know, I I hope so. I hope it does because I know that the gambling stuff is 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 really being hammered right now. So hopefully, yeah, the same could be said for this. Yikes. Well, that brings us to our main topic of the day, which is kind of a variation on what we've talked about the last couple of weeks, something that you brought up uh, last episode that I think is really interesting and terrifying, which would be what horror universe, gaming universe, would you most like to be trapped in? And then also what horror universe would you least like to be trapped in? The answer cannot be all of them. For not wanting to be trapped in it, which is what my answer, <laughs> my go-to is. Um, so I had to select, I had to select one. But um, I think you probably have a better uh, handle on what you want to say. So I'm going to let you go first, as as usual. So what horror universe would you you want to go with least first, and then most? Yeah, I feel like throw throw us a easy easy. Yeah, softball which one? Or... Yeah, th- that one I can answer outright. There is no doubt. So. Um, so which horror universe would you least like to be trapped in? So a hundred percent hands down out of every horror game I've ever played, I would least like to be trapped in the universe from dying light. Okay. Okay. And the reason for this is, is twofold as they say in zombie land cardio, it's Ah, just ah. way too much parkour and cardio. I wouldn't be able to survive. I can't even do a pull-up. Like, unless, ah. unless we're talking about an elliptical in a nice air-conditioned uh, gym, you've got no chance, man. Zero chance. Right. Um, and a lot of that game, at least during the day, is parkour, like grappling hooks, all, all sorts, like uh, like 3, 3D combat, 3D running away, like that sort of thing. 
Um, and I'm not that concerned about living in a zombie universe. That actually doesn't bother me that much because zombies, much like animals, become predictable. So that, right. to me, would be an okay universe. But the problem here is the main basis of this world is that you evade via parkour. If you're on the ground for too long, you're dead. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why I would like. The second reason is it, I'm not a super fan of the dark. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really love it. And, you know, the super scary stuff comes out at night. Oh, and I mean, that's I just a given. That, Everyone knows that, you know. Yeah. So, so the idea that you spent all day parkouring yourself, you know, into hysteria, and then you spend your nights surrounded by blue UV lights to keep the big baddies away, um, or if you're really hard up for supplies and stuff, the best time to scavenge and try to get good, the good supplies is to look for the drops at night. So you've got to force yourself to go out there in the night with the big sentient sort of scary freaky zombies that have like radar detection and shit and still do parkour without any visible footing now that a hundred percent not for me now as a game i loved it i beat the game it was brilliant right. you know it, i was on the edge of my seat truly horrified the whole time but like it was very intriguing and interesting gameplay so i did beat it but right. as a universe to survive in long term no 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 that um well that you know what that sounds right up my alley for a game to skip so definitely won't have to play that one that was a that was a glowing review by you that i appreciated <laughs> Look, it's a good game. It's a good game. You should play it. But if you were physically doing all the parkour, like it's not that you're just hitting B to use a grappling hook, man. You would have to right. do that in real life. Like it's not possible. Right. Yeah. I like I like the idea that I can just throw a grappling hook and and hopefully, if I'm as much Batman as I think I am, it will pull me up there and I won't need to worry about it because yeah. I have awesome gadgets. Duh. Yeah. And I've got like anti-zombie spray. Uh, got like yeah, all. I'm all covered. Yeah. Bombs totally. like loud noise-making bombs. No yeah, those problem. definitely like, don't bring all the zombies to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so just a I rumor. Be sure to do it. What about you? What's your What's your number one? <laughs> my My number one negatory. Well. I, I, I don't have two, but I did want to talk about a, an honorable mention. And uh, the honorable mention, and I know I, I think I may have even mentioned this. Um, no, I think it's just one of the horror game horror environments that I just think is most terrifying. Uh, this is honorable mention, and this is The Last of Us, and I'll tell you why. Unlike zombies, and this is something that I was reading about the cordyceps fungus, which is what afflicts all the people you know you have the you have the the runners which are those that are just being infected by the spores that get into your brain and like the rumor is or the 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 estimation is is that like 50 percent of our population right now this is a true story have the cordyceps fungus in our brain true story check it out okay the difference is is it doesn't affect us like it does the ants that it actually controls their brain and makes them go to the highest point of a of some sort of vegetation and then it sprouts out of their head and it sends the spores everywhere else. Hooray for horror. So, you know, you with humans though we already have it in our brains. Like fifty percent of us have it in our brains to begin with. The runners, the clickers and the bloaters or bloated ones, whatever, the ones that explode into you know, disgusting spores uh, they're conscious. They are 100% conscious. There is a human inside there that is still awake and alive and screaming. The problem is, is the fungus has controlled their brain. And so they have no control over their body. They are still human and alive. So it's not like uh, just an instinctual zombie who can't control themselves. It's kind of like being awake during surgery and unable to speak, you know, somebody's cutting you open and you feel everything, but you can't say anything, 
which I can't remember what the term is for that medical term is for that, but that is also an issue. <laughs> if we're just yeah. talking about real life horror, that's there's another real life horror movie for you. So I think that would be terrifying. The idea that the alternative would be you would be alive but unable to control anything and just you would just feel the excruciating pain of your face splitting open because of a a fungus that is controlling your brain and making and and taking over your body to propagate this production and spreading of the spores terrifying there you go high five that's my honorable mention i think that's terrible and terrifying but my number one a a one most terrifying world to live in would be silent hill silent hill would be my most terrifying they would be my nightmare and and i have a reason for that as well yeah through the reason through the research and and i've played most of the games i up to homecoming i didn't play homecoming um and played those games i use loosely as i played with friends and i let them do most of the playing but i did play it in silent hill 2 i actually finished uh myself i played it all the way through um and it is my favorite and it is i think critically one of the best if not the best in the series what makes that game so terrifying is let's take silent hill 2 for instance all of them have this this common theme but silent hill 2 the guy the main character in there here's spoiler alert for a game that's 15 years old the the main character goes to silent hill and the theory is is that he goes to Silent Hill, he wrecks, he wakes up, he's he's you know checking himself out in a mirror because he doesn't know how he got there. His wife was either in the back seat or in the trunk, and she was already dead. At the end of the game, you find out because you're going through all of these steps. You go to the school and the hospital and to the actual park. She wanted to go back to Silent Hill. You're taking her dead corpse back to Silent Hill. But you don't know it because you're going nuts yourself. And then at the end of the game, if you get the ending where it tells you kind of what you did, she wanted to die because she had cancer, and you wanted to be rid of her because you were tired of taking care of her. And so you smother her with a pillow. Happy ending. Um, But everything that happens in the game is a manifestation of your own personal horror. So the nurses that took care of her have no faces, and they only follow you and chase after you and try to kill you when you don't shine the flashlight on them. And they move all herky-jerky and all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, the pyramid head character who's just terrifying in his own right. You can't kill him. Uh, you just have to not be killed by him, and then he goes away. Um, you know, and, and anyway, it's just terrifying. So just the idea that whatever is your worst nightmare and a whole city of it that would just manifest itself. If, if you go into the school, you have all of these children that, uh, you know, that scream and kind of chase you and can overcome you and tackle you and then you kill you. It's just terrifying. And, and there is no reprieve. Like, just during the day, it's kind of okay as long as you, like, don't ever move. But if you have to go from one place to another or if you wanted to eat, uh, or anything else, you would have to traverse the houses and go from place to place. And you put your life at risk all the time. And then when nighttime comes, then you might as well hang it up. That's it. It's over with. That's game. You know, uh, That's when everything comes out. Just like you were saying, the dark. The dark is the bad part. Yeah, the dark <laughs> is when everything comes out. And so it's like there is no place to hide. Um And uh, so for me, you know, a place, a world where all of your worst nightmares and only you, they're not somebody else's worst nightmares. They're your worst nightmares specific to you um, would be the worst possible horror. You know, other things would be bad. I think like what I can imagine is bad, like uh, in the evil within where everything's just kind of horrible. But that I can see that everybody thinks that's bad. If, if something subconsciously I wasn't even aware of was my worst fear and that's all that was showing up, Jesus, no. Okay. Well, that's it. 
I got the heebie-jeebies. Like, I'm going to be itching. Exactly. Well, good. Uh, so, on a lighter note, <laughs> what horrible, horrifying world would you like to be trapped in? I mean, if you didn't have a choice. If I didn't have a choice, I would choose the Resident Evil universe. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, here's the reason. Because when you're the protagonist... Right. You're usually biologically altered or extremely capable. Now, yeah. are you Chris Redfield or are you? <laughs> and any of them, any of them. Yeah. Like, That's you know, true. Generally speaking, yeah. you are either incredibly capable or biologically altered. Yeah, to be a, a superhuman version of a human. Um, so unlike a game like Dying Light, which presumably you're just a dude. Yeah. Right. Uh, who Parkour happens- dude great at parkour and you know all the stuff which is that's not believable yeah in this universe everybody who's you know part of the the main squad has very specialist skills like they're ex-military or they're right. police or whatever you've already got a better chance of surviving add that to the fact that across every single game you're not facing the same exact foes so at least there's some like intrigue like, it's one of the series that even though it's horrifying and you, they do, you know, jump scare you every once in a while, it's one of those series where it's not a boring horror. It's not the incessant plod towards the grave like Walking Dead is, um, right. where the zombies don't change. There's nothing different about it. It's just the same shit, different day. Right. In Resident Evil, like, you've got all sorts of, like, creepy creations from Umbrella Corporation, like... Sorry, I uh, somebody actually called me on the phone. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> that never happens. Um, no. So, you know, you've got Umbrella Corporation itself, which you could be fighting. You know, it it is a lot less like The Walking Dead in where the other people are the real horror. And, and more like you've got actual creatures, soulless abominations that you just take out. And, right. you know, it's something different every day. You are, It's like layers of an onion. Like, yeah, the world's awful. It's post-apocalyptic sort of horror wasteland. But you're a badass and you're going to be fine. Like, you go into almost every Resident Evil game like, I'm going to be fine. You know, like, I'm going to make it out of this. Like, don't worry about me. Right, you know? right. And, and I think that sort of helps with the horror universe. It's not like The Walking Dead where you could literally lose a main character. Right. Okay. So that's why I would pick it. You know, you your chances of survival are bizarrely better. <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I absolutely could see that. Um, I Well, for me, the, the horror world that I would want to live in, I would have to agree... Um, Resident Evil was my choice first, but I had a caveat that not Resident Evil Seven. Uh, if you've gotten to if you've gotten to play it, it is definitely different. Obviously, the T virus is uh, or a version of that virus is at play. Um, if you want a really good walkthrough, that's very entertaining uh, and also you know horrifying enough. Check out the Scary Game Squad. Um, on YouTube, uh, it's four guys that, including the completionist that that uh, I think it's Jesse Cox's channel, but yeah, they 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 do a bunch of different scary games, but they did a whole playthrough of that game, and I think it's like nine parts, but it's worth it. It's worth the watch if you want some pretty entertaining uh, content, and um, it's that that whole game and that whole universe is more terrifying in that game. Than I think any of the other versions since probably Resident the first the remastered version that was either on GameCube or PlayStation Two maybe uh, when they redid it and they redid the zombies to actually you know I don't I don't know if you ever played that particular version but when you first kill the zombies in the remastered version they lay wherever you killed them and then you know you there's always the trodden back and forth to get things. 
Well, every time you would advance the plot or storyline, you would see that those zombies that are laying wherever you killed them are changing. And so as they're changing, you know, they would eventually turn more red. And then one time you just walk out into that door and they're not there anymore. And all you hear is, oh, yeah, and all you hear is like, boom, 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 boom. And they're running at you. I mean, I, I think I told the story before, but... I was playing it on the GameCube with one of my best friends, uh, and we had gotten to that part, and he had gotten up to go to the bathroom or whatever, and, and we were taking turns playing the game. And so I had gone in the door, maybe picked up an herb or whatever, and I was coming back out, and all I heard was the foot stomps of this zombie running at me, and I saw him on the screen. I said, whoop, whoop. I paused it, put the controller down. I said, oh, hey, Brad, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> And I just gave it to him, and as soon as he hit start, the zombie's already on him, and he's like, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, so uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen, um, that's actually not a quote of what he said. I don't really want to repeat what he said, but um, super funny, way very funny. Anyway, Resident Evil would have been my choice, but I did have a backup in case you picked it. Um, and I'm not really sure that this is better necessarily, but it is a horror universe. And out of all the horror universes, it's the one where I feel like I could kind of live within the rules and, and make it. Um, I think this might be one of your worst nightmares though, is the Alan Wake universe. Oh yeah. Screw that. No way. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Is that the game that I played where he was picking up all the papers? He's picking up all the papers, and you have to be in the light if yeah, you no, want. I hated and, that one. Yeah. That oh was yeah, yeah. Horrible. That was truly horrible. I don't even think I finished it. I think there was one part where there's just too many jump scares, and I think I noped my way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't blame you, but like I was saying, Alan Wake, I understand the rules. The I mean, if if I was gonna pick another one, it would be Dead Rising. Um, because that's just fun and you can, you know, ride around on a golf cart with a chainsaw attached to the front and kill everything. And, you know, there's not really, the stakes aren't very high in that particular game. Um, also you're in a mall, so you'll probably have, you know, food and supplies for a while anyway. I mean, it it, it would kind of work, but I figured I'd be more fair and pick an actual universe that I understand the rules in and I think I could live in. Not my first choice, but as long as there's... And it seems that up on this mountain there are plenty of batteries. Uh, it also seems of like there. You need uh, you batteries. Know, you need batteries. <laughs> there are a couple people, including your completely annoying manager, who's on that mountain as well. So you got friends. You know, you're not alone. Um, I think there's also. I mean, eventually, if you get to the end of the game, you find your wife. So it's not all bad. There you go. You just have to deal with constantly being afraid of the dark, like like you totally aren't in real life because you're an adult human. Exactly, like I maybe, but wouldn't tell anybody. Um, so yeah, so Alan Wake, Alan Wake would be it, and uh, Resident Evil for you. And if I, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to live in your world with Resident Evil. If I'm not welcome, I'll go back to Alan Wake. Just don't make it Resident Evil Seven. It's fine. You can come to Resident Evil. We'll have a party. Okay. It will okay. never be bored. No, we will not. Be you bored. just have to have useful skills. You can't be the child that just walks around holding people's hands and then like cowards. Or I can't be the escort. Stuck. Yeah, I can't let you yeah. escort me throughout this world. Right. Yeah. Pass. Fair <laughs> enough. That'll work. I like it. Um. So, uh, with that, next week we will finish our games that define you. Uh, I didn't have one ready this week. I really because for my last game. Oh, I guess we have two more, right? We have done three. Yeah. We've yeah. got two more. We're on four. Yeah, we're on four. So we've got two more, and I really want to think about these because I hadn't. I, I I want it to be a pretty comprehensive list. So we will do I've our. Got a list. What's wrong with you? I know it. Well, I hadn't had a time to really think about it uh, because I don't. I want to go all the way back in the catalog, and and think of games because I have Super Mario Three, Final Fantasy, technically the series, but uh, and then Kotor. And for you, I have City of Villains, I have the Witcher series, and then what was your other one? Dragon Age, of course. Okay, of course. I don't know what I was thinking. Dragon Age would have come first, but, you know, City, City of Villains, you know. And, the, and then the Witcher is just so awesome, you know. I, I mean, put, it is. 
It is. As much time as you spend in, in The Witcher and Dragon Age, I think that's only fair. And everything that you accomplished in City of Villains, I think it... Um, and again, like we were saying about these, these games, these games aren't necessarily the most critically acclaimed, but they're something about the thread or the tie that binds these games together that kind of pieces together a little bit about who we are as gamers. So um, that's why I really want to be kind of selective as to what I pick for these next two. So we'll do that next week. We'll be back with that particular category. So final thoughts, closing thoughts on your horror universe. You think that uh, um, was there any is there was there another one that may have came to mind or or any any uh, closing thoughts on the ones you chose? I I would just say that you know there there would be a way to survive in a lot of these universes if you were well equipped. I think the thing to think about is if anyone wants to replicate or take their own take on the universe you'd most like to live in, you need to think about like whether or not you as a person would be able to do it. For sure. Um, and, and maybe even think outside the box. Like there are some horror universes where maybe you would want to be the villain. Like I think being Slender Man would be fun. Like, <laughs> well, you, you know. can't kill him, you know, in Outlast. I mean, you can't yeah. kill that villain either. So, I mean, it's basically yeah. you as a big wuss running around with a video camera. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I you know, whereas other things, you could probably survive Five Nights at Freddy's as a human being, but then you're a, a dude who works at Five Nights at Freddy's. That's like, true. God, how depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, if anybody wants to replicate this um, challenge and come up with a horror universe that, that you think that you would like to be a part of, you know, comment, shoot us, tweet us. We'll, Absolutely. we'll read it out. We'll, I'm interested to see if anybody has any alternate thoughts or if there's anyone who would willingly choose to live in the Walking Dead universe because I think that's the one that would really mess you up, like, in your brain, like, long term. Oh, yeah. yeah, dealing with humans, and they're just the worst. I know, people. So, yeah, that's my that's my final thoughts. If you want to do it, just be realistic about your situation. Absolutely. And so in the comments and, and below, you'll be able to find where you can get at us, uh, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. So let us know what world would you, what horror universe would you most like to be trapped in? Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or just reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, tell your family, head over to iTunes and wherever you download your podcast and subscribe uh, so you'll be sure to get the next episode when it is released, as it's supposed to be re- released on most Thursdays. Rate us also, because that really helps the show. Until the next time. See you later.